The European Union holds its Eastern Partnership Summit later in the week. What can we expect? Hello from our broadcast headquarters in Prague, and welcome to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories we expect to make news. My name is Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast here at RFERL, and joining me in the studio is RFERL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Welcome, Steve. Thanks, Brian. Hope you had a long, good long weekend. Um, nice. So, um, so the EU's Eastern Par- Partnership Summit is scheduled for Friday, uh, November 24th. And the fact that Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko will attend for the first time will surely grab the initial headlines. But the summit is also marked by a what now vibe. The association agreements, free trade agreements, visa-free travel have all been implemented with Ukraine, Georgia, and Moldova, but membership is obviously a far-off prospect. There's also the yawning gap between these three countries and three other partnership countries, Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Belarus. A few things have been leaked to the media about what we may be able to expect this week. There'll be no language in the final communique about a membership perspective for Ukraine, Georgia, and Moldova, something these three countries, as well as some EU members, including the Baltic states, have been pushing for. Uh, The communique will also contain language favoring Azerbaijan's position on the frozen conflict in Nagorno-Karabakh, lumping it into the same category as the conflicts in Abkhazia, South Ossetia, Transnistria, and the Donbass. I'm going to be looking for a couple of things. I'm going to look, of course, the Lukashenko thing is going to be huge. I mean, it's his first time he's attending. He's playing this, long been playing this game between Russia and the the West, which seems to be hitting a a critical point right now. How he is received, how he conducts himself is going to be a very, interesting thing to watch. Um, I'm also going to be watching to see if there's any last-ditch push between uh, among the uh, the Baltic states and some of the other Eastern European member states to get a membership perspective into that document. But it appears it's not going to happen, but uh, but I, I know from my own conversations with, with this particularly diplomats in the Baltic states that they, they really think there needs to be something there, if not a, a formal membership pers- perspective, something. What, what are you going to be watching for, Steve? Well, I mean, definitely Lukashenko. Um, you know that that's is sort of, I guess, to me the most interesting thing. I mean, I, ha- I hadn't seen, I maybe behind, I hadn't seen sort of confirmation from Belarus that that he is going. I assume he would, but uh, it, it's amazing, you know, how far things have come. If you know, if if, if he's going to this, um, and it, I think it says something about about sort of the way the EU is is trying to handle the, this region. Um, I mean. But but on the other hand, I think if you have a combination of you know Lukashenko there, Aliyev there, um, you know these countries that are criticized uh, various times for for human rights uh, shortcomings to say the least, for uh, crackdowns on journalists, you know free speech. Um, if you have you have sort of the EU, I guess courting them or meeting with them and um, getting involved, and on the other hand. For the kind of uh, for for the other three that you mentioned, Ukraine, Georgia, and Moldova, you know, no commitment, so sort of a, a like a stepping back. Yeah, um, and I think that combination is a little bit, uh, you know, is, it was be, will be interesting to watch because um, it's uh, you know you have on the one hand these these countries that that are not you know would not be close to joining or would not you know have good prospects at least at, uh, being you know to some degree courted. 
and these other countries being given a little bit of a of a push back in terms of of membership. Yeah, I mean, some some people have even floated the idea of a tr- two track European partnership with the the three more developed countries, uh, Georgia, Moldova, and Ukraine, on one track, and the the the, the other three, Azerbaijan, Armenia, and Belarus. On a, on a separate track with even separate kind of like uh, programs and right. agendas because let's face it Azerbaijan Belarus or, or Armenia are not going to be you know, joining the EU anytime soon or even thinking about talking about joining the EU anytime soon where this is very much on the agenda in Tbilisi in Chisinau and in in Kiev um, so the, the, there's that but I, I agree that this summit kind of pushes them kind of closer together at the same time when we're right. talking about a, a two track uh, pro- when there's talk of a two track approach I'm interested in seeing how the, the Azerbaijan Armenia thing plays out on Karabakh. I mean, there's very obvious reasons why the EU had to 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 put this kind of language in. Not least of all that Georgia, Ukraine, and Moldova all have um, separatist conflicts on their territory, and so it would it would it would it would they they would probably want strong language on this in there right. as well. So it's 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 it'll be but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if that's if that's a bone of contention. What are they going to offer if anything to 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 Lukashenko? This is this is actually an interesting thing to watch this Belarus situation develop as well. Yeah, absolutely and sort of what what is Lukashenko, you know, how what will they offer, what how will he react and you know, I mean obviously he's he's a, a person who um who who makes kind of grandstanding statements and you know uses this this type of meeting for you know to to make points and and, and as you said yeah. play off play Russia and the West off against each other and this this is obviously a, a big opportunity for him to do so so it'll be interesting to see what he says for me about about Russia yeah Putin. exactly what um, message is he yeah. going to send to Moscow you know, is he gonna, so yeah exactly I mean this comes right on the heels of course of the Zapad military exercises um, from um, back earlier in the fall in which we're supposed to highlight the unit, strategic unity of Belarus and Russia, but did nothing of the sort. Um, Lukashenko bent over backwards to make them more transparent. And they ended rather contentiously, from what I understand. The Russian military officers did not stay for the ceremonial dinner. Um, Putin didn't go to Belarus. Lukashenko didn't go to, to, to Russia. And there's there's even talk inside of Belarus of how Lukashenko is trying to further purge Russian influence from his his own security structures. Now this can only go so far, right? I mean, Lukashenko, Russia is never going to let him get all the way to the west. He's as as I've often said in the past, trying to play this role like Ceausescu's Romania played in the old Warsaw Pact. But certainly the signals he's going to send out are going to be very very interesting. Yeah, and in particular, you have the with the election coming up in Russia, kind of. Kremlin preoccupied with with that, um, you know, is he going to try to, you know, use this to kind of strengthen his hand? I guess. In the- right. No, and also one of the things that I've I've heard in discussions in the in the run up to this, uh, again, mostly from Baltic diplomats, is that the feeling there needs to be some kind of deliverable because it's going it, to, uh, or else for the for for Moldova, Ukraine, and Georgia, because or else, where do we go from here? If membership's off the table, I mean, they're not saying membership's off the table. They're in the. I believe the language is going to recognize their European aspirations, right, but aspirations. that's not going to be enough to satisfy anybody in in, in, in Kiev or Tbilisi or, or, or Chisinau. But there, there's this feeling that there needs to be something 
um, out there because, or else, I mean, if, if for no other reason, these things are an impetus for reform. I mean, visa liberalization, you never saw reforms pass so quickly in Ukraine and Georgia when that tangible thing of right. visa liberalization, something that means a lot to citizens, was, was hanging right there. I mean, I've heard things about potentially, I don't know if this is something an Eastern Partnership Summit could decide, but allowing like uh, free roaming. Uh, right. The same thing that's enjoyed within the European Union yeah, to extend they're, they're, it to Ukraine. That would be a big deal. You know, that would be something that now this is something that's a commercial decision more than a regulatory decision. But but, but still, yeah, I mean, th- those are types of things that I think will they will use the EU will use to, to to try to draw these countries in and, and satisfy them. But I mean, if you look at the the kind of there was a list of twenty deliverables I think um, put out by the EU, and you know, some of them are pretty. Harmonize digital markets, support intra-regional trade. You know, not the type of thing that's going to get people. people very excited. So, free roaming would get people excited. Um, I think anybody that's seen their their bill when they come home from from Kiev would, would get me excited. Actually, um, given that I go to these countries a bit. So, on that note, on that note, we'll wrap it up. That's all we have time for today. You've been listening to the Power Vertical Briefing, a weekly look ahead at stories making news in Russia and in its neighbors. We do this every Monday, so be sure to tune in. I'm Brian Whitmore, host of the Power Vertical Podcast, and joining me in the studio has been RFRL's news editor, Steve Gutterman. Join us again next week. And now, as always, I leave you with the soothing sounds of Noise MC.